Have you ever felt paralyzed with possibility? You can see all the paths that you could take and you're just not sure which one to head down. Recently, I was taking a walk with a dear, dear friend of mine and she said that she felt paralyzed with possibility. And I deeply empathized with her in this moment. You know, I know what it feels like to feel like there's so many different options out there and you aren't sure exactly which thing is the next right thing. And you're really scared that you're going to choose the wrong thing. But instead, you just don't choose anything at all. And so you feel just stuck, stuck. As my friend was telling me about this, I felt deep, deep empathy for her. And I also was really grateful for her sharing that with me because it prompted a perspective shift for me. I love possibility. I love it. I find so much inspiration and hope and excitement and possibility. And so when my friend shared this with me, that possibility can freeze her, that it can make it hard for her to decide what should be next, it reminded me that possibility is neutral. Possibility can inspire and possibility can hinder. I think that we live in a time where we have a lot of choice and choice can feel like freedom and it can also feel overwhelming. And so today I want to talk about the 80-20 principle, which states that 80% of outcomes come from about 20% of causes. And this is really important because in a sea of choice and a sea of possibilities, it helps us identify which practices, habits, actions are going to make the biggest impact. This will help you plan how you spend your time so that you're spending a majority of your time on things that are going to make your goals go. If you have a dream, but you just aren't sure what you should be spending your time on to get you there, this episode's going to help you. Let's go get them, friends. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If so, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan Podcast. I'm Danielle McGew. I'm a professor, mom, planner addict, and recovering overachiever. After years of hustle and grind, I was tired of trying harder. I was ready to try easier. At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals playfully and lightly. Let's get started. Hey you, I'm so grateful that you've been listening to this podcast. I just, I still think it's banana pants. I'm so, so, so grateful. So if you're looking for some extra support when it comes to planning and goal setting, I have three opportunities for you and they're free. And so one, if you haven't joined our free Facebook community yet, do it. It is a delightful place. I post weekly prompts for reflection. We share what's working, what's not. If you have questions for me, this is a great place to post them. And if you're on the Facebook group and you haven't asked me a question yet and you have one that you would like a little bit of assistance with, jump in there, ask me. I would love it. The second opportunity that is free is to schedule a complimentary coaching session with me. Right now I'm doing 30-minute sessions and that 30 minutes might be just what you need if you're in a rut, if you're feeling stuck. So schedule a call with me and I'll help you wiggle right out of that stuckness. 
And the final opportunity, get out a pen. I want you to mark your calendars. Wednesday, September 27th at 7 p.m. I'm hosting a workshop called Finish Fulfilled, your roadmap to quarter four. It's free. It's going to be fun. And you're going to set some goals and create some plans for the last quarter of 2023. We're going to approach things thoughtfully. We're going to consider your capacity. We're also going to do it delightfully. The workshop is called Finish Fulfilled. So there's going to be some coaching on how do you finish the things that you started. And spoiler alert, packing on the pressure isn't how you do it. I want you to finish this year fulfilled. So those are three opportunities. All are free. I'd love to connect to you all. Like I said, it's just like putting it up so that you all listen to me. I'd love to connect with you all every single time that I have. It has been a wild blessing in my life. So reach out, connect, join Facebook, schedule a complimentary call, and show up to this workshop. It's going to be fun, y'all. All right. So let's talk a little bit about this 80-20 principle. If you aren't familiar with this, the 80-20 principle basically states that 80% of our outcomes come from 20% of causes. I'm going to see this in another way, that we get results from a few things, and that if you can identify those few things and put your efforts there, everything's going to get easier. Sort of. I'll expand on that in a moment. So a while back, I read the book, The 80-20 Principle, The Secret to Achieving More with Less. And in the beginning, it explains a lot of the history of the 80-20 Principle, and it's it's kind of a fascinating history. So some of you may be familiar or have heard of the 80-20 Principle referred to as the Pareto Principle. So that's because Vilfredo Pareto was a sociologist and economist. He's Italian, if you can't tell by the name. And he started recognizing that there was this imbalance in land ownership, that about 80% of land was owned by 20% of the population. And he was having this realization, I want to say in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and other people came back across his work in the 1940s and started to realize that statistically, this 80-20 rule was showing up all over the place. So in business management, 80% of sales were coming from 20% of clients, 80% of wealth was in the hands of 20% of the people. It has been applied all sorts of places. So for example, Microsoft found that if they could fix the top 20% of bugs that were reported, that 80% of the related errors and crashes would be eliminated. So this was an observation that was made and then found statistically all over the place. But what does that mean for you? What this means for you is that if you can identify the 20% of things that you're doing that are your high leverage actions, and if you could put your efforts there, you're going to get more results faster or easier. I've always been really intrigued by the 80-20 principle, but I've also been a bit flummoxed how exactly it is that you identify what that 20% is. Because if everybody could just identify the 20% that we would shed the other 80% and we wouldn't be wasting so much of our time. So I understand the principle, but in practice, actually identifying that 20% doesn't seem so easy. And so when I thought about this episode, when I thought about my friend who is paralyzed with possibility, I really wanted to create an episode where I could offer you a few things that would help you start 
putting into practice the 80-20 principle by learning how to identify what that 20% is for you in the situation that you're in. And so I have four of my favorite things to help you identify your 20% so that you can get unstuck. I don't want you to be frozen with possibilities. I want you to recognize that not all possibilities are created equal. And I want to give you some tips to identify which possibilities you want to put your effort into. All right, my very first tip for how to identify your high-impact practices is to set giant, audacious goals. So if you've been listening, you know that I took a deep dive into Benjamin Hardy's work this summer. And Benjamin Hardy is a transformational psychologist, and he has a book out called 10X is Easier Than 2X. And in this book, he says that you need to set really, really big goals, like dream big. And if you can do this, one of the values of having a goal that almost feels like it's beyond your capacity at the moment is that when you have a really big goal, the pathways to getting there narrow. So for example, if I had a goal to make $300 this week, there's a lot of different ways that I could go about doing that. But if I was trying to make $300,000 this week, the approaches that I would take would all of a sudden narrow and I'd have to get really specific about what I was going to do. I really like to think about this with exercise. There are a lot of different things that I can do to be a little bit healthier. I can increase my water intake. I can move more. There's a bajillion different exercise programs that I could do. I could look at my sleep. I could stop eating so much ice cream at night. I don't know why anybody would want to do that, but, you know, that's an option. But if all of a sudden I said, I want to become a fitness competitor, the actions that I'm going to take to improve my health, to also have the aesthetic effects that one would need to be a fitness competitor are going to narrow. I'm probably throwing around some weights. I'm probably on a pretty regimented program. I'm not going to be eating that ice cream at night. So setting a really big, hairy, audacious goal is actually going to help you narrow what pathways you can take in order to achieve that goal. So if you want to know what the high-impact practices are, set a giant goal. My second tip is in the form of a question. So this is a question that my husband actually uses a lot in work situations. If we're trying to, for example, take on a really big curriculum change, or if we, if we have a daunting project in front of us, he'll often say, what would this look like if it were easy? I think he got that from one of Tim Ferriss's books. And I love this question. I love this question because what it does is it asks you to zero in on if there were only a few things that we could do that would make a big impact, which would those things be? You're 80-20 in it. I recently heard this quotation. It's a Bill Gates quotation that says, I choose a lazy person to do a hard job because a lazy person will find an easy way to do it. And that makes me think of Kendra Dodgy, who has the podcast Lazy Genius. She's really clear that she wants you to be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. And, and I love that. Sometimes the thing that makes us a genius is finding ways to be lazy about hard things. But I want you to think through your goals. I want you to imagine for a moment, what are the goals that you're trying to achieve right now? If you want to get healthier, what would that look like if it were easy? If your home feels like a wreck to you and you know that you need to declutter, what would the decluttering process look like if it were easy? If you want to strengthen your relationship with a family member, what would that look like if it were easy? 
or if you're struggling in your career right now, what would your daily life look like in your job if you let it be easy? So set really big goals because the pathways will narrow, but also consider what would this be like if it were easy? The third tip to identify your high impact practices is to pay attention. So often we are so busy doing a hundred million different things that we don't take any time to reflect and even ask ourselves, is this thing that we're doing effective? Is it even helping? You get into a pattern, way of doing things, and you chose that pathway at a certain point because it serves you. But then you do it over and over and over again. And at some point, that practice, that way of doing things is no longer serving you, or there might be better options out there for how you could be doing things. But because you haven't put into practice regular forms of evaluation and reflection, maybe you haven't noticed that that thing isn't working for you anymore. Maybe you haven't had the space to make the minor tweaks and alterations so that 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 way of doing things still is serving you. This always becomes apparent in an organization when a new hire comes in and a new hire starts to question your processes. You know, somebody says, well, why do you do it that way? Well, because that's what we've always done. That's why when it comes to goal setting, I think that it's so important to combine it with your planning practices and make sure that your planning practices incorporate reflective work into it. I can't tell you how many times people say to me, well, Danielle, like, I don't have time to just sit around and reflect on things. And I want to go, but that's the 20%. That's the work that's going to help you identify and adapt and make sure that your values are being acted on in your daily life, that you're walking the walk and talking the talk. I think that sometimes we miss the most high impact practices because they feel too easy. We think that high-impact practices must be challenging, difficult, or uncomfortable. And sometimes they are. Sometimes they are. I think there's other times that we avoid the high-impact things because they feel too easy to be true. And my final tip for identifying high-impact practices is to have a way to measure or track things. If you want to know if something is working, you need to pay attention and you need to collect some data. I always talk about planning because, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm an academic nerd. I think about planning, I think of it as a way of collecting data on ourselves and then taking that data, learning from it, and implementing changes based on the data that we're collecting. So you can pull out your weekly reviews and look at a month at a time and go, oh, where am I seeing progress? What is working? What are the things that I'm doing in the morning that set me up the best for the day? Oh, I have a lot of energy when I take time to do a five-minute meditation at lunch. I feel more centered when I have a faith practice, a spiritual practice that I do every single morning. Having ways to measure or track what it is that you're doing and to be able to point and say, oh, this one's working. So this is really important. Sometimes what happens is that we're trying too many things all at once. There can be an impulse for us to do all of the things to help us get that thing. But if we do everything all at once, one, we may not have energy to do those things well, but also there's not a really great way then to tell which actions are producing the results. So it seems kind of counterintuitive, but if you really, really, really want something, choosing a few things to act on, giving those some time, 
putting your efforts into making those actions consistent, paying attention to whether or not it's working, measuring it becomes really, really important. Near the beginning of this, I talked about how the 80-20 principle is often talked about as achieving more by doing less. And I think that that's true. And there are a lot of ways that I think identifying your high impact practices can save you a lot of effort. You get really focused and committed and you go and you go in on the things that you know are going to create change. And because you're not distracted by the other 80%, you'll see results quicker. That being said, sometimes that 20% is hard. Sometimes you take that 20% and you put 100% of your energies into it. I just wanted to recognize that. I wanted to honor that if you feel like you are 80, 20 in your life, if you are identifying the high impact practices and you're putting your efforts into that and you're like, Daniel, it still doesn't feel easy. I want to acknowledge that choosing to focus on a few things in a world that wants you to do everything all at once can be hard. So if you are feeling paralyzed with possibility, if you feel stuck in a rut, we're going to take some time to think about how the 80-20 method could help you wiggle out of the rut that you're stuck in. I want you to imagine and dream and think about goals that seem so out of reach. But to remember that it's not necessarily about the goal as much as identifying the pathway that you would take to achieve that goal and committing to that. I want to give you permission to imagine what things would look like, feel like, be like if they were easy. I want you to pay attention and put those planning practices into place so that you can reflect and notice and measure. So that way you know if you're on the right track. I wish for you the feeling of freedom over overwhelm. I wish for you the clarity and commitment to take action, to know that the things that you are doing are going to get you somewhere. And I want to encourage you to just keep showing up. I hope this helps you sense the possibilities in a way that is inspiring and motivating. And I hope that this gives you the tools that you need to go get them. Be well, friends. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcast. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all. So pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.